welcome to the Baller Boys Podcast. They're all about sports, sports, and more sports. And now, the Baller Boys, Mark and Shamaya. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Baller Boys Podcast. We are the Baller Boys. I am Mark, the MC. I am joined by my awesome co-host, the S-O-T-B himself, Shamaya. Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're back at it once again. Thank you all for joining us every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Spotify Green Room. We talk about sports, sports, and more sports, NBA, NFL, news that's happening around sports in general, uh, hot topics, and uh, today is no exception. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right in, man. So uh, we got to talk about it, the Cinderella story of college football. A lot of stuff, a lot of news with college football, but we got to talk about the Cinderella story. That is UTSA, U-T-S-A, Roadrunners. Uh, man, they, they just took an L to North Texas, 45 to 23, but there are a lot of good lessons to be had from that loss. I think it's reasonable to expect that a loss was coming for this, for this team, and I think losses um, during a time period like this are healthy for them because they need to go through growing pains. They need to learn from what, what caused them to lose these games. Um, so let's let's get down to it, man. Um, so UTSA struggled in this one. They had six total fumbles, three lost. Um, the run defense allowed 340 rushing yards. Um, and I noticed this has been a trend with them, man. And I know you've been to a few of their games. Um, and I think you were mentioning that they the opposing teams were getting some rush yardage and getting some chunk yardage, man, because check this out. So... As I mentioned, they allowed 340 yards rushing. They allowed 220 yards rushing versus UAB. They allowed 137 yards rushing versus Southern Miss. And they allowed 127 yards rushing versus UTEP. So there's a trend here. There's a legitimate trend of opposing teams being able to uh, take advantage of the lack of an elite run defense. And they're just trying to run it down UTSA's throats. Thankfully, UTSA has had the firepower to um, garner points and respond when there's a score, but still it is an issue. Um, again, we're not here to trash this Cinderella story. We're here to kind of break down the mistakes and break down the trends that UTSA as an organization, as a team, can improve on. Um, another thing I noticed with this game, man, it seems like they were just not as prepared for the wet weather as they could have been. Um, one of my friends, I had a conversation with him and he mentioned that, oh, well, both teams, you know, had to deal with the weather and yada, yada. And, but he's kind of saying it as the weather was an excuse, but both teams didn't fumble six times. One team showed up a little more, which was North Texas props to them for getting that W. Um, but still, um, one team still played better during that weather. Than the other, and um, that's why I say that uh, Frank Harris, quarterback for UTSA, held to 59 passing yards, 97 rush yards, which is good. And here's another little nugget in here, which in a game filled with turnovers, um, no interceptions for Mr. Harris. So that's really good. Um, I know interceptions have have been issues for him in some previous games, but you know, even though this was an ugly game for them in general, still no ints. That's big. Harris could have been forced into making some errant throws, and he didn't. Uh, he didn't throw any picks, so that was good. Um, 
So that was a positive. So again, you got to look at the positives of things you can improve on from these losses. UTSA's next big game is the Conference USA Championship on Friday versus Western Kentucky. A lot of positives for this one, man. Like in the dome, in front of their fans, no wet weather. Um, the energy in there is going to be like through the roof. Um, this has been one of the best, probably the most exciting time in UTSA's history as an organization. Uh, a lot of stuff they're going to, the UTSA players have a chip on their shoulder to play better and to seal the deal. Um, apparently right now they're underdogs, but I think they're the favorites right now, man. Like they, they, they've got all of these elements working for them. And I don't see UTSA losing this game. Um, one quick little stat though, I will say uh, Western Kentucky. And this is a uh, reason I mentioned this is because this was relevant to the, uh, this was relevant to the North Texas situation because North Texas had been on a four-game win streak. Well, Western Kentucky has won seven straight games. They've won seven straight games, man. And their last loss to, was UTSA on October 9th, 52-46. to 46. So Western Kentucky is looking for blood. They're looking for some revenge. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I still think UTSA is going to come out on top. Yeah, I mean, you pretty but, much but like, what, what, what do you think thing. the philosophy is uh, going to be, though, man? Like, if you're Jeff Trailer, you know, if you're Coach Trailer, like, what what do you tell the guys? Because you're for y'all for all those for all of you who are new to this, like, to our podcast, Shemaya has got really good like philosophical insight from like the coaching perspective and the players. So, what do you think, man? I mean, I mean, I'll just keep it simple. It's it's very simple. They have an opportunity to make a statement, and it's just simply show up, believe in each other, and do the job. I mean, it's that simple. There's no way to make it, you know, deeper than where it really needs to be. It's just show up. Uh, there's people that are trying to doubt UTSA, and some people are trying to say they're overrated this season uh, because of the teams that they play. Well, that's fine. That, that's, that's what you call noise. Uh, I'll, if I was the coach, I would just simply say, show up. This is your opportunity to show everyone because this is a big game. This, this is going to be an exciting game. It's going to be a, probably the loudest game, in my opinion. Absolutely, uh, man. People are going to witness. And it's going to be opportunity for them to kind of rebound from last week. Just shake that off and turn the page and just show that UTSA football program is something to watch in the future. And I believe this is going to be a game where they're going to be able to have the opportunity to make a statement. You better keep your eyes on San Antonio because the Roadrunners, they're going to keep showing up even when people doubt them, even, even when people say that they're overrated. They have a coach that is something you don't get to have all the time. He has done something tremendous this season, and so has those players. And I, I have a strong feeling a lot of San Antonians, especially football players, they're now going to want to play for that coach. So offseason should be interesting. 
but enjoy this moment. Like he says all the time, don't eat the cheese. Uh, I did go UTSA, but I'm at this point. I'm right or die, man. I'm, I'm a support you're a spirit student. Yeah, I'm a spirit <laughs> student. I graduated with a zero degree, but uh, I'm happy for them. And if I was a coach, I'd just say enjoy this moment because you don't get to be at this position too often. This is something that happens once in a lifetime. And with the record this season, it makes it even more special. So I'll just keep it simple, man. Show up, do your job, lead each other, and just do what you got to do. Absolutely. And um, I know UTSA got a lot of flack after that loss to uh, North Texas. But, man, no one can take away. Yeah, yeah. It's normal. And no one can take away the all the records, like the historic season that they've had thus far. And it, they are going to continue to have. And, you know, people are, are they're feeling a little down after that loss. It was a bad loss, but they're still 11-1, man. Like, they've got a huge conference championship game coming up that they can win. I think they will win. Um, they still broke all those records. They've signed their head coach to an extension. Um, it, they've increased the stature and status of the school and the organization as a whole. So, like you mentioned before, with good point with the recruits, Players will be more intrigued and interested to come on by, which they've already shown interest to, as we've seen recently. Um, but nothing but good days. Uh, future looks bright for this organization. And uh, meet, meet, Nate. You know, meet, meet, nation. Gosh, I can't even say it because I'm so excited. But meet, meet, nation, man. Get hyped because a lot of good years to come. And, and uh, real quick, I have to give. Uh... UIW some love, give them a, a shout out. Um, they had a very awesome game last Saturday, and this one. Ah, yeah, yeah. I just want to give them a shout out as a football program as well here in San Antonio. San Antonio is showing proof that we have some talent when it comes to football players, and just think about that impact for the college students, the students who go to those schools. They have something that they can be proud of. And even though people look at San Antonio as a smaller market, yeah, we may not have the biggest entertainers in the world, but San Antonio is a very serious city. We're a family city. And you can doubt us all you want, but we're going to still show up. So y'all have fun doubting because San Antonio is not going anywhere. And I'm hoping that they use that doubt as a uh, as a motivator to go and prove those haters wrong, go and show up and show how good they are. It gives us it gives us more uh, motivation, man. So I'd rather Absolutely. be the little guy because you know the bigger the bigger uh, your ladder, the the harder to fall. So I rather <laughs> I rather just be the little guy and prove myself over the years. And I think we all should have humble pie. We shouldn't get over our heads. We have some more challenges. Uh, we have to prove ourselves over and over and over again more than the bigger schools. But that's okay. That's that's part of life. The underdog. Challenges are going to help. Exactly. Yeah. So I'd rather people be talking versus not talking. So we have them talking now. So there you go. Yep. Nothing could take away the accolades of this season thus far and like I said, the ones that, that are yet to come. So, oh, man. You know, uh, so, man, we, we're starting off with an up, man. With an up, up, up. UTSA is going up and Carnival Word's going up. But speaking of ups, we got to move on to some 
NFL action. And as you all know, for all the listeners who've uh, who've heard us before, we go ups, downs, all arounds, turnarounds. We talk about everything like that regarding the NFL. We don't talk about every team, but we like to kind of highlight a few teams in this segment. So let's start with the ups, man. So this team was on our ups list last week, and for good reason. They 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 may just be on here for the remainder of the season, man. And that is the New England Patriots. Playoff Patriots, eight and four. They're on a six-game win streak. Mac Jones getting it done. Bill Belichick, still Bill Belichick. Uh, man, <laughs> I mean, what else is there to say, man? Like, I got another stat here. Just like their defense is rocking too. Well, earlier in our early episodes, I kind of called out Mac Jones, and I was I was saying that he'd be one of the <laughs> interesting quarterbacks to watch this season. Uh, he's definitely blew the charts off as far as my expectations. Um, this is this is a special moment for him personally because here you are, you're given the keys to the castle, no pressure, right? It's like, hey, Tom Brady was here, so don't screw this up. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> and you have a young guy right now who's feeling it, and I have nothing – but good things to say about him. I mean, for crying out loud, over 300 yards in passing, all right, versus the Titans. That obviously is just one little stat, but it's all about the details, man. When, when you have certain players step up on the team, everyone feeds off of that. It's, it's just like, you know, momentum shifts in the game. Whoever has that momentum, they end up winning. And we have someone like that, Jones, who shows up, right? I mean, that's my theme for tonight. Show up. Magical <laughs> things happen. Beautiful things happen, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mac Jones has shown a lot of leadership, a lot of maturity for being out there, you know, as a rookie being out there. And the, the immense pressure on this dude's shoulders, you know, coming into the season, New England's still looking for a Brady substitute, a Brady, the next guy who's going to lead the organization. Mac Jones comes in as a rookie, gets drafted, all the expectations on his shoulders. I mean, even before the start of preseason, everyone was kind of touting him like this guy and uh, who's going to be our savior. And sure enough, he's doing a pretty solid job. And here's the thing, though, man, and this is the big thing with the Belichick, with Belichick's presence, just being around the team and being the head coach still there, is that Mac Jones has a support system and a mentor. And that was the thing that Brady had too. Even when he was, you know, getting those first starts and those first seasons when they declared it his team, uh, Belichick was still there to give him that mentorship, give him that strength, you know, give him those, um, the season strategies from behind the scenes, you know, as from a coaching standpoint. So Mac Jones has got a support system. And that's huge because you see organizations, teams like the Browns who have struggled in the past. Like the Browns who have struggled like with all the quarterback issues, the lack of mentorship, the lack of foundation. So it's really impressive to see what Mac Jones is doing here. And he's getting help from his defense too. Uh, we just talked about his support system, but he's getting a lot of help from his defense. They are rocking, man. Like their last, the last scores 
that this team has allowed as far as opponents is 13, 0, 7, and 6. So the Patriots are getting back on it as far as their defense. Their defense has been pretty good over the past like years. And now it looks like they found their identity. They're getting better. I know they had a lot of guys knocked out because of COVID last season, but they got some of those guys back. And the defense is shaping up. And when you've got a rock-solid defense like that, it puts a lot less pressure on Mac Jones to have to go out there and sling the ball on every play. Uh, their next two games are against the Bills and the Colts. That Bills game is going to be huge. And if Mac Jones can come away with a win – like over there in Buffalo, um, that would be a big deal for them. They can beat the Colts, but that Bills game, like next week, is going to be huge. And uh, even if Mac Jones loses, as long as he keeps that score close, I think it's still a good sign for him. So, bright days in New England, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And also... Talking about can't go wrong. Uh, Dolphins oh, also we're, we're going we're transitioning to a big, splash, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> I, like I mean, they had also a big passing game as well, uh, over two hundred oh, yards. Oh, go ahead, spill the beans. Yeah, I mean, over two hundred yards in that game. Uh, I mean, let's just say the Panthers. Uh, that remember that animation? Remember that animation they made early in the season? That was scary, you know, on TV. That was. That was the scariest part of the yeah, team. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's was, it was <laughs> the scariest part of the team because, you know, they they didn't have any answer that was able to slow down the offense, and that's unfortunate because, uh, I mean, Newton, I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, he's he's having an opportunity to kind of build momentum for next season. In my opinion, I don't think they're going to probably finish where they want to finish. I mean, they're five and seven right now. I mean, just saying. Uh, there's a bright future maybe next season for for Newton. But back to the Dolphins. I mean, they just they just did everything right. Uh, the passing was strong. The rushing was strong. They uh, even though they punted the ball a little bit, they didn't have interception thrown like uh oh. Uh, the Panthers did. They had like three interceptions that game. So they just basically played just a better game. I mean, it's just, it goes down to the details. It's all about details, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, Dolphins just came to play. They're playing better. Um, they're five and seven right now, but recently they've been heating up. Although, if you're a Dolphin, I don't think you want to be heating up, but you get what I mean. It's, it's, kind of dumb but they're on a four game win streak uh their defense is splashing in the water right now um the last opponent scores are 10 17 10 and 9 again we just talked about the patriots defense heating up but the dolphins defense is making a splash in recent weeks um their next games are against the giants and the jets so again two easily easily w's they should get those um, and they're definitely winnable. Um, but yeah, bright days coming for the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle looks like uh, like the guy. I mean, I think he's going to be their go-to wide receiver for the next few years. He's looking good. He's looking mature past his age. Um, he's catching balls. So Dolphins are rocking right now. 
and uh, they may not make the playoffs. I kind of, I mean, I'm a Bills fan, so, you know, they're a division rival, but still it's good to see organizations, you know, find their groove, be successful, especially one that's kind of hit the reset button in recent years. So they're moving up. And speaking of Jalen, uh, just to give him a little bit more love, uh, he he's done 12 games in his career. And that particular game, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. So if I'm looking at him, I'm like, hey, uh, let's feed this person uh, because I won't call him a kid because right now he's playing like a grown man. And he's doing some very special things for that team. And also Javon Holland, uh, he's he's done some good things too. Uh, I feel like this young Dolphins team, if if I could say that, they're going to be a team to watch for the remainder of the season and for next year because if they click like they're clicking right now, they can do something special for that program. And anyone, DJ Khaled, we the best, Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just see what happens because I think the crowd is just going to grow. And their jerseys look nice, man, by the way. I mean, not that it matters, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a nice little icing on the cake, right? Yeah, it's a a dope jersey. So you can't go wrong with a dope jersey, man. Yeah, it's it's not boring like my Lions. (laughs) We'll we'll get to those guys here in a bit. But, yeah, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Waddle's looking like the guy. They're peppering him with targets. And the thing is, he's showing up and he's producing with those targets. He's not just some schlub who's not, you know, bringing the ball in, not catching the ball. He's making the most out of all of this production that's going towards him. All of these targets, he's not dropping balls. He's being pretty efficient. It's looking good. It's looking good. Yep, he's a new weapon and uh, they're going to be using him more often now. Yep. Yes, sir. And he's earned that trust, I'd say, with uh, all the production that he's given them. So, man, speaking of trust, oh my God, shall yes. we? Shall we talk about the Bengals, man? Because uh, wow, I'll let yeah. you start it off. And I'll I'll take the alley oop, even though it's not, you know, it's not all best, right. But I'm just saying, well, they're they're not the Bungles. They're not <laughs> the Bungles this week. That's for sure. I'll tell you that they are the Bengals, the seven and four Bengals. Uh, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. If that means anything anymore, <laughs> I mean. So, <laughs> oh, they whooped them. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. They they decimated the Pittsburgh Steelers, forty-one to ten. Uh, my heart goes out to those Pittsburgh Steelers fans who have to watch this team struggle. It's been a rough ride for the past couple of seasons for them, but at least y'all got Najee Harris. Uh, he's a stud. He's going to be good for them for the next few years. So just keep rebuilding around him. But we got to talk about these Bengals, man. Joe Burrow has proved himself this season, and Joe Mixon. We got to talk about this guy. He had 165 yards rushing in two touchdowns. He's catching the ball. He's running the ball with efficiency and just dominating. Like this season, I mean, if for all of the fantasy owners that have Joe Mixon out there, you know how dominant this guy has been this season. And it's clear that it was, it was a great idea to sign him to that extension when they did because he's got more productive years to come. He's just got to stay healthy. So congrats, Bengals. You've ditched the Bungles. But stay consistent. I noticed the Bengals have not completely started winning games that they should have, and that's going to be the difference between a contender and a team that's just there in the middle of the pack. 
sorry, Chargers, you got to get better at winning the games that you should be winning. But I feel like if the Bengals can be a little more consistent, they'll move on to the next level, to the next step. And they got to keep proving that. They got to win games that they're expected to win. Again, this is a young team. Jamar Chase looking like an offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he's gonna, he's, he was a great draft pick. Burrow's looking good. The wide receiving core looks good. The run, like the, you got Joe Mixon. Their offense is, is loaded for years to come. But they got to win those games that they're expected to win because that's how they're going to move to the next level. Yeah, I mean, only thing I can add to that is that simply they are they are a team. The Bengals, speaking of, they are feeling they're feeling the rhythm right now. No one's playing around. Everyone's like focused, zoned in. Uh, they're just doing good jobs. I mean, every individual on that team um, is playing a part, obviously, and the coach is the ice on the cake. You know, when he talks to the players, I mean, I've seen the footage of him pumped up in the locker room and all that stuff. I mean, that that helps, man. I mean, not if you're Detroit Lions, but if you're the Bengals, you actually listen to what the coach is saying and you go out and execute. And the reason why I say that is because they smothered the Lions back in October 11. <laughs> so I'm still having nightmares about that. But no, it's but you see that that's a game that they're expected to win. Now, if they do that consistently, they will take the the leap to the next level, the next tier. But they've lost some games that they should have won this yeah. season. And yeah, Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've lost some games. But I think again, that's what they're going to look to improve on in the next season or two to come, and that's how they're going to elevate themselves because they're all they're all still young. I mean, Burrow's in his second year. Jamar Chase is a rookie. Um, you know, these guys are still trying to get into sync. They're still trying to find their identity. And I think they're making wonderful progress, especially on the offensive side. The defense has uh, shown some improvement as well. And I think, that, again, you know, we talked about bright futures for organizations. Um, on Twitter, when I made the post, there was, you know, when we, we retweeted it, we, we talked about bright futures. This is one of those organizations with a bright future. Dolphins, Patriots, Bengals. Um, yeah, so you can say goodbye to the Bungles. But... Uh, what we cannot say goodbye to, unfortunately, is our <laughs> right. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs are still there. That's for sure. They were on by, but they're still there. Watch out for those Chiefs. But we have to go down a dark path right now, Shumaya, because we have to talk about the Downs. And uh, well. Mm-hmm. Cowboys first, you yeah. Okay, let's talk. You don't want to talk about your because, lines yet. <laughs> well, my lines okay. are. It's a quick yeah, yeah. one. Let, let, let's get through the Cowboys. We everyone, yeah. everyone and their mother has talked about it. They lost to the Raiders, thirty-six to thirty-three in OT. They're on a two-game losing streak. Uh, they could not get the run game going. I know Zeke has some sort of knee contusion. Um, I think they should just rest him for a game because they got Tony Pollard there. Uh, but they only. They only got 64 total yards on the ground, which is very unlike Dallas. The Cowboys, you know, they're built on a really good run game, and they've surrounded Dak with all these weapons. Of course, C.D. Lamb and Coop have had their issues recently. Uh, But that team is going to come back healthy real soon, and I expect the Cowboys to make a bounce back. Um, That's the bright side. 
So I don't expect the Cowboys to be on the downs list for too much longer. Uh, just give them some time and they'll get healthy and this team will turn around. I mean, they got to chill out on the penalties because it's almost like the yellow flag was the MVP player of that Yeah, they're looking like the Lions sometimes, man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, enough of that game. Let's jump into the Lions because (laughs) you're talking about something that is just a point. I can't even talk, but this... Do you, do, you want me to, do you want me to just bring you in real quick? So Yeah, go ahead, bring me in. I got to catch my breath. So it's, it's disgusting. So, yeah, 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 I'll be honest. I, I like when you like when you were talking about UTSA and the philosophical stuff. I took a nice couple of deep breaths just to get some air. So, <laughs> so thank you. So the Lions. Um, it was not a good Thanksgiving. Uh, they lost to the Bears 16-14. to 14 on Thanksgiving, in front of their fans in Detroit, they only had 76 rush yards, 175 passing yards, and so many penalties. Uh, the game was not fun to watch. I actually did watch this one, unfortunately, and it was not a good game. I, my, my heart goes out to anyone who had to watch the game. My heart goes out to anyone who had to pay money for a ticket to watch that game. It was a very bad game. Um, the Bears at least here. Here's a few little positives, Shamaya. Before you know, we just unleash you on the rant. I, I do need to. <laughs> I do want to put some sort of bright spot in this. The Bears were held to only 68 rush yards, so that is something by the Lions' defense. And there's not much positivity going on with the Lions, but if there are a few little bright spots, it's that this defense has shown some some strength. Like they've shown some ability to show up to a degree. Some games, they did not show up, but there are a good amount of games where they did. The Lions' last three games, I know, I know. This is kind of a stretch, Shemaya, but I'm trying to throw a bright spot in here. The last three games, the defense only allowed 14 points, 13 points, and 16 points to their opponents. So and that's excluding all the other sporadic performances where the defense showed up. So I have to give some sort of props to the defense. I want to when even though the team is in disarray, when certain players, certain aspects of a team show up, put in some sort of effort, I applaud that. So I have to give them props for that. <laughs> With that being said, that is the only positive. Uh, Shemaya, the floor. I mean, first of all, I forgot to name the head coach, but uh, whoever he is, um, the players are not listening. And it shows that they're not listening because if they were listening to his amazing speeches that he has some moving speeches, uh, I mean, they're very nice and inspiring. But the problem is this. When you have a holiday and your fans are there in your home. Oh, boy. You do not let another team come inside your house, eat your turkey and come away with the game. I mean, you just don't do that. I mean, we don't even have a win. We have a tie. (laughs) Against the Steelers, too, without Ben Roethlisberger. And we're not playing the Chicago Cubs. We're playing the Chicago Bears. And that's an inside joke because we're playing people who are actually like serious about their craft. I'm not saying Detroit is not serious about their craft. I'm just saying it doesn't look like they are because when you have a season like this, we haven't won not one game 
not one. There's no excuses. There's really no excuses. And something has to be done. They're going to have to find a way off season to figure out what needs to be changed because something needs to be changed. It's, that's the bottom line. I mean, I don't want to spend too much more time on them except that they have to really find who the heck they are because obviously they have zero wins this season. And that's all I have to say. Yeah. There, I mean, there's nothing else you can say because we've covered it. We spent, I feel like this entire podcast talking about all their issues. So I think it's safe to say that we can move on. We can move on to something successful, something uh, that's pretty fire right now. And uh, that is our NBA segment, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's always oh, sunny here. In this segment, we're going to talk about finals or not. Now, for those of you who are new to this, to our podcast, we usually do a for real or not when it comes to our NBA uh, teams. We like to break them down, discuss some stats, um, and see if you know they're legit, like they, they are a playoff team, or if they're a fluke. Now, with this segment, we're going to talk about a team that is obviously a playoff team, but... Do we know if they are ready for the finals? And that's what we're going to be talking about. Today's scorching team that we're going to be talking about, and we've been dropping hints the entire time, the Phoenix Suns, the number two seed in the West right now. Actually, they are currently playing the Golden State Warriors tonight. I think in like at 9 o'clock. Yeah, they're going to be playing the Golden State Warriors tonight. And it's going to be a battle between the number one and number two seeds in the West. Um, very similar looking teams as far as some stats. But we're going to talk about the Scorching Suns right now. So, Shabaya, are you ready for some stats, man? Oh, All right, yeah. let's rock and roll. So, they are number four in the NBA in scoring. They're averaging. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've reverted to Elmer Fudd because I cannot speak. Man. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, they're so hot right now, man. Like they got me sweating. That the wedding da, 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 The Phoenix Suns they got me. Got me. Da, 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 da. So the Phoenix Suns are number four in scoring. They're averaging 112 points per game. They're number one in field goal percentage. So right off the bat, you can see that they're scorching on offense. They're lighting opponents up. Uh, they're number three in points differential. They're number eight in least points allowed. So their defense is showing up too. So again, usually for a team to be efficient, for a team to jump to the next level, to be a championship contender, you got to have some sort of balance. And again, the Lakers, we talked about the Lakers in our last episode. We talked how they were struggling on defense. We thought they were, I thought they were for real. You didn't, Um, but their defense had to improve. This is not the case with the Suns. The Suns, Defense is efficient. Their offense is efficient. They're a well-oiled machine. Uh, Devin Booker is averaging 23 points per game. He's the leading scorer on the team. And here's the interesting thing. They don't have, like, the second highest scorer isn't averaging 20 points. And it's really interesting because the second highest scorer on the team is DeAndre Ayton, who's averaging 15 points per game. Then you got the third highest scorer on the team, the locker room leader, in my opinion, Chris Paul, who's averaging 14 points per game. Of course, this team is looking to bounce back after being knocked out by the Milwaukee Bucks in last year's NBA Finals. They're looking for some revenge. So they got a chip on their shoulder going into this season, and 
They have won 16 games in a row. Um, I believe the Warriors have won seven or eight games in a row. So, again, there's a, there's very similar patterns going on with the number one and two seeds right now. They're both on streaks. Uh, they're both scorching hot on offense. But this team is well-balanced. Uh, their bench is pretty good, too, as we saw in uh, last year's finals uh, against the Bucks, They had guys coming off the bench producing and showing up on the grand stage. And that has continued in this season because, like I said, their second highest score is eating with 15 points per game. That means they've got to have some production coming off the bench, some other guys showing up, stepping in when they need to, which is good because that puts less stress on Chris Paul given his age so he doesn't feel like he has to average 20 points per game. He can go ahead and pass the ball to other guys to make shots. And you need that trust. You need the ability to pass the ball, to distribute, especially if you're Chris Paul. You can feel fresher. There's not as much of a load on your shoulders. And he can stay fresh for more games. Yeah, and also uh, Devin Booker. He's been with the Phoenix since 2015. And here's the thing. He is still great. He's a still great player for them. Uh, He's been showing up with minutes. Uh, averaging the mm-hmm. high 20s in 2015, but he's been in the 30s since 2016. And his his ability to score, I mean, you're talking about above 20 points since 2016. So, yeah, he is also following the footsteps of, you know, our favorite State Farm commercial guy. And <laughs> I think he's going to be well, I think he is a leader, but I think he's earning his stripes, though. And I think he has the ability to become a top leader on that team alongside with Paul. Because I think Paul, he he wants to go to the finals. Because if you looked at his body language last year, you can tell he was disappointed because they were so close. Yeah. And I yeah. think this year's redemption. He's the closest he's been, too. Exactly. And I think mm-hmm. uh, I'm not even like a Phoenix fan. So this is coming from someone who just talking about, you know, stats. I have a strong feeling. Paul is going to lead them back to the finals for a revenge. And he doesn't care who else is going to be there at the finals because he wants to win. And I have a strong feeling Booker and Paul won't be the two players that you want to pay attention to because redemption is here for that team. And with the record that they currently have in the league, I think it's safe to say that they are going to go far. I don't know if I can boldly say right now that they're going to be in the finals, but I will say this. I would not be surprised because I think Paul has a personal motivation uh, on his, if you will, his his calendar. <laughs> this is where I want to be on this date. And I think it's going to be special. And I'll be more than happy for Paul if he gets a ring. And I think this will be the year that he wants to do it because after this year, the opportunity might fade away. Well, the good news for the Suns, and here's the thing, I'm I'm completely on board with you as far as um, Paul playing with a chip on his shoulder, you know, circling this time for, you know, for the finals dates for on his calendar. Cause he wants to be there so bad. 
And I think he, he's a type of player who's been in the league for a while, and he deserves that. And um, here's the thing, though, because he signed this extension with Phoenix, so he's going to be there for a little bit longer. But they've got this young core intact. Like, Booker's going to be hanging out there. Um, they should hang on to Aiton. So they've got the foundation of this young team staying intact to support Paul. Um, they're going to keep reloading their bench. They've got some good young bench guys, some good guys in the lineup that are producing for them right now too. So I think they're going to they're going to go ahead and swing and try to keep them on the team too. So this team's going to be good for the coming years, and they're not aging. You know, outside of Paul, he's a little older, but outside of him, they're not really old. Like they're you got Booker coming in the prime of his career. Aiton's going to improve. Um, you got all those young guys. You got Cam Johnson. You got Landry Shamit, uh, Bridges. Like those guys are all young and they're producing. And if they just keep this core together, keep some of those uh, role players on the team, they they're going to be good for the coming years. And that uh, they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I I can't say nothing else other than they're going to be fun to watch, obviously, and. The game tonight, because we're recording right now, today, uh, almost forgot today is because my Detroit Lions got me in my nightmares <laughs> Tuesday on, I know, you know, I know, all the boys podcast. The game tonight that I'm going to be very happy to watch in a few minutes is the Warriors. <laughs> know, right? We got to end this. Yeah, because the Warriors <laughs> also have a great record, and that might be, be a team that we can uh, break down next week because uh, I think the Warriors are just kind of warming up a little bit in the kitchen, and they are going to probably steal the spotlight away from the Lakers because I think the Lakers, um, they're going to be – they're going to be good moving forward because I think LeBron is going to be his, uh, you know, LeBron self and be like, oh, okay. oh so you, you kind of adjusted your opinion from last week. Well, I'm not going far to say they would be in the finals this year, but I will say they can be a threat, but I'm not going to. So, so they are for real though. Uh, they're kind of for real for me. What I mean by for real is they're <laughs> not like guaranteed the finals, but they're a contender. Oh yeah. They're contender. Okay. Definitely. That's I'll, what, that's I'll, what I'll, give, yeah. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. But, I'll have to pick the Suns because Paul situation. I feel like time is against him. If he doesn't uh, get it done this year, yeah. it'll just be harder and harder after this year. But if it's not the Suns, oh, man, I'm going Warriors. And I'll explain next week. But, yeah, y'all get ready. Yeah, yeah. so it looks like we're going to be talking about the the hottest team in the league right now, the Warriors, next week. And Clay's not even in the kitchen yet. Uh, but we'll 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 talk about exactly. Them. So, so I'm yeah. saying warming up. Man. Yeah. So I think I mean you all tune in next time. We're going to talk about finals or not again. I like this segment where we're breaking down not only just the contenders, but you know uh, the playoff teams. But I like the idea of us talking about okay, is this team going into the finals? So to wrap up the thoughts on the Phoenix Suns finals or not. Again, my prediction was Bucks and Lakers, but this team is looking like the finals team. Um, I'm going to say I would not be surprised, just like you, if they wind up in the finals. But it could very well be the Warriors. They're looking like the most likely of teams to wind up there. But again, LeBron and the Lakers, they're starting to heat up too. They're getting the chemistry. So we'll see what happens. But Guys, thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of the Baller Boys podcast. I am Mark DMC. Follow me on Twitter. It's Mark the 
with three threes, no E's, MC. And Shamaya, you want to hit him with your uh, hit him with your Twitter? Yeah, man. Uh, Shamaya on the BT. That's it. You know All right. That's us. Join us every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. here on Spotify Greenroom. We talk about sports, sports, and more sports. Again, I'm Mark DMC. He's Shamaya, the S O T B. And tune in next time when we, uh, oh, real quick, y'all, we're on Apple Podcasts. We are also on iHeart. So check out our older episodes there. If you miss when we record on Tuesday nights, go check out the episodes the next day. They'll be up. So with that being said, I think now we got everything out. Later, y'all.